Welcome back to Extra Point on this Wednesday, August 16th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We're popping on out to the KDOS hotline. It's time for a Ravens conversation. Luke Jones with WNST.net. As always, appreciate the time on the program, Luke. It's Bob and Kayla. How are you? Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Excited to get this Baltimore conversation started. Lots has happened over the offseason here. So let's start with Lamar Jackson. Of course, the big deal for him gets done. Five years, $260 million with $135 million fully guaranteed. With this new deal, with new wide receivers, with a new offensive coordinator, have you noticed a difference about Lamar in camp, whether it be physically, mentally, or leadership role, uh, just precision, anything that you've noticed here from Lamar? I think I don't think it's been anything dramatic, Caleb, but I think you do see Lamar Jackson a little more at ease than he was the last couple of years. And look, Lamar always said that he wasn't thinking about the contract, he wasn't thinking about the contract. How could you not be thinking about the contract? Because that's what everyone's asked you about every time you're in front of the media. That's what anyone, anytime you're out in public, fans are saying, resign, we want you to stay in Baltimore, all that. So I think now that that part of the conversation has been put to rest, you do see a Lamar Jackson that's a little more at ease. I do think he uh, is energized by uh, a new offensive coordinator uh, in Todd Munkin, uh, a new offense that, well, I, he quipped early in the offseason that he, he was looking to throw for 6,000 yards this year. And it was a joke. Uh, I don't think you're going to see the Ravens suddenly become a pass-heavy team, but they certainly are going to be uh, a more prominent team passing the football than they've been under Greg Roman in recent years. So, I think he's excited about that. He's certainly excited about having Odell Beckham Jr. and Jay Flowers, a first-round pick, uh, a healthy Rashad Bateman. So, and, oh, yeah, an all-pro tight end and Mark Andrews has been his go-to guy. So he has no shortage of weapons. I think he's excited about that. Anyone who's covered Lamar Jackson over the course of his career knows that, yes, he's this historic rushing quarterback, but he'd be the first to tell you he loves to throw the football. He'd love to sit back there and throw from the pocket. So, I don't know if it's going to be a dramatic shift, but, but I do expect a shift. Uh, you know, could be some, some growing pains and a work in progress a little bit here and there. But I think overall he is very excited uh, about where he is in his career, certainly with the contract and uh, what he expects to be a shift in this Ravens offense. Uh, okay, Luke. So we've been talking for years about this run-the-ball mentality defense, really good special teams, but kind of the formula for them to win how much does that mentality and the scheme offensively change with Monken? That's what's, uh, I mean, I think that's what the great question is here, Bob. I mean, I, I think you look at what Todd Monken did at Georgia, uh, and, you know, I'm not a huge college football guy, but I watch enough to know that the Georgia Bulldogs won a couple titles because, well, they ran the ball really well, and they featured their tight ends prominently. That sounds very familiar to what yeah. the Ravens did under Greg Roman, but I think if you look at what they did from a personnel standpoint, getting Odell Beckham Jr., spending another first-round pick on a wide receiver in Bay Flowers. They added Nelson Aguilar even to be their number four wide receiver. It's clear that they're committed to opening up their passing game. I think you are going to see a lot more 11 personnel, more three wide sets. Try to take advantage of the fact that if you can get the defense in a lighter box in the middle of the field, that'll help the running game. That'll help Lamar Jackson. So, I don't think it's necessarily going to be dramatic. I mean, I don't think they're moving away from running the ball. I don't think they're moving away from play action, but I think they are going to show much more of a willingness to spread out, and they certainly have the pieces uh, at wide receiver, at least on paper. Uh, again, we have to see what Odell Beckham 
looks like after a couple ACL surgeries over the last three years, but he's looked good in practice. Uh, I will say that much. But, you know, I, I think that's what's interesting about this because I think in, in Baltimore, and Bob, you and I, I know we've talked about it over the years in our conversation, it's kind of that chicken or the egg thing. Was it Greg Roman holding back Lamar Jackson? Or was it Greg Roman offense considered the optimal fit for Lamar Jackson and extent, you know, accented what he did so well and maybe hid his deficiencies a little bit more? I think we're going to find out uh, a little more clarity in that regard. Uh, and certainly Lamar Jackson has the skills to throw the ball. I'm not suggesting otherwise. But I think there is I, – I, I certainly have curiosity to see it, it's going to be different. But is it going to be dramatically different? That's where I'm not quite convinced that we're going to suddenly see this thing become the greatest show on turf for anything great. To that point, it does seem like this is a huge year for Lamar Jackson, and all eyes will be on him to see how this offense does roll, but probably not trying to stray too far away from identity with the run game. J.K. Dobbins activated off the pup list. What does that mean for his participation upcoming? Also with the speculation about him wanting a new deal, uh, where to talk stand on that? Then you still have Gus Edwards and Justice Hill on the roster as well. Yeah, and they also added Melvin Gordon at the start of training camp, another name who's at least in the mix uh, for, for a roster spot, a former Pro Bowl running back. But you know, I, I think the J.K. Dobbins situation, it, it's been interesting because it's been a hot topic in Baltimore. But because you've had Josh Jacobs, you've had Saquon Barkley, you've had all these, you know, Dalvin Cook, who just signed with the Jets, you've had these more accomplished, you know, I don't want to say Dobbins is a complete unknown, but more, you know, guys that are household names and have been more accomplished at the NFL level, whereas J.K. Dobbins, look, he's averaged 5.9 yards per carry in his career, but he's missed roughly half of his uh, possible games in the NFL because of that awful knee injury he had a couple years ago. He wants a new contract. He wants more money. Uh, I think the Ravens are, were willing to engage in, in some long-term contract discussions, but, uh, you know, from what I've gathered, what, what his agent and what Dobbins is seeking, I mean, he's looking for uh, a top-shelf con- contract, and I think the Ravens, probably like any other team, uh, if they had a chance to, to sign Dobbins today, would say, hey, you haven't been on the field. you got to put this together for 16 or 17 games. We're not blaming you for getting hurt, but you can't expect us to make that kind of a commitment. So make no mistake, yes, he was on the PUP list. This is a hold-in, uh, and, and I I think realistically all along, it wasn't going to move the needle for him to get a deal now. But I think what it did for him was probably mitigate a little bit of early training camp injury risk that that just comes with, hey, you're out on the football field. We all know players can get hurt. So he came back this week. He has, what, still another three and a half weeks to go until the start of the regular season. So uh, he's, he's been in the facility. He's in good shape. There's no questions there. And I do think he's going to be their feature back uh, and uh, that's another aspect of a Todd Munkin offense. Do they feature Dobbins a little more? And, and, and in Roman's system, it was much more of a timeshare. So, yeah, the Ravens are excited about J.K. Dobbins, but yeah, I don't get the sense that there was any traction whatsoever in whatever contract talks they did have. I think he's asking for the moon at this point. And, look, that's his prerogative. But you guys have followed the running back market just like I have. Uh, going back the last 10 years, really, but let alone the last this recent offseason, uh, he's not getting that until he at least goes out and shows he can put up elite running back production for a, at least 15, 16 games you know, over the course of a full season. And unfortunately, he hasn't been able to do that. Uh, you know, hasn't been healthy for a full season since his rookie year back in 2020. But he'll, he'll be a big part of this offense, uh, and I think they, they love to have him for right now, but his long-term status is still very much up in the air.
Okay, so let's flip this to the defensive side. Former Cardinal Calais Campbell left for Atlanta via free agency. How much is he going to be missed? I, I think they're going to miss him, Bob. And I, I don't know if it's so much that they're going to miss his play on the field dramatically, although he was still one of their very best defensive players last year. And, you know, they, they like their young defensive linemen, but Calais was still playing a ton of snaps for them last year. Uh, so I mean, it came down to money as far as why they didn't want to keep him, didn't want to guarantee him $7 million, which I think Atlanta ultimately gave him. But, uh, you know, they, they have a good defensive line. Uh, I think they'll miss his presence from a run-stopping standpoint, I'm sure. Uh, and certainly they could do all the different stunts and line games with him setting up some of his teammates. But I think they'll miss him more from a leadership standpoint, you know, just to, you know, because of you guys know what kind of man he is. Off the field, you know, certainly a, a big locker room presence uh, in such a positive way for the young guys. So, so they'll miss him. I, I don't think their interior defensive line is in bad shape whatsoever, but they do have questions on the edge. And not that Calais was rushing from the edge very much at this point in his career, but uh, their pass rush is a is a, a question mark at, at the very least. And you know, from that standpoint, Calais is still able to, to give them some some production there, some contributions there, even if it didn't show up on the stat sheet. So, uh, you know, again, I think ideally they would have liked to have been able to bring him back, but probably uh, didn't want to commit $7 million guaranteed to someone who I think is going to be uh, 37 off the top of my head in September. So uh, we, we know Clay has been around a long time, that's for sure. Luke Jones, WNST.net, talking to all things Baltimore Ravens right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. So David Ajobo, uh, he's He's ready. He's back now from that Achilles injury in which the Ravens still took him in the first round a couple of years ago. So how has he looked in camp, and where does it seemingly look like he's going to be fitting into the rotation? I mean, they're going to need him to pop. I mean, they need him and Adafi Ole, their first-round pick from two years ago, who's kind of been up and down at times. He looks like he's ready to step forward, and then other times, I mean, second half of last season, he kind of fell out of favor and was, you know, kind of fourth or fifth in the pecking order of their outside linebacker rotation. But uh, Ajabo, you certainly see the promise in practice. He's fully healthy. You know, last year was essentially a redshirt year for him. He got in a couple games at the very end of the season. You know, I, I think something important to remember about him, uh, I mean, this is a kid who played basically one year at Michigan where he really played. So he's still raw. You know, he's still someone who's going to make mistakes. The preseason opener, he got caught crashing inside a couple times. But really strong hands. Certainly, you know, for someone as young as him, has appears to have a plan as a pass rusher. So he seems a little more advanced compared to your typical rookie or second-year player. But they're really counting on him because, you know, Oway and Ajabo, other than that, you know, the only other guy that really has any experience is Tyus Bowser, who's more of a Sam outside linebacker. And he's on the, the non-injury list, non-football injury list right now with a knee issue. So they need their pass rush to pop because, uh, you know, and you might get to this in a moment, but news today that Marlon Humphrey going uh, having yeah. foot surgery, their top corner. They need their pass rush to really step up. Now, I don't think that's going to be a long-term injury, but I doubt he's going to be ready for the start of the season. So they need those two edge guys to really grow up quickly because you know they're they're really putting all their eggs in that basket in terms of their pass. In fact, I was going to get Humphrey next. Uh, you know, with the foot injury, foot surgery reportedly. How much do they need him on the field? Bob, other than Lamar Jackson, and that's the obvious, for any team that has a franchise quarterback worth of salt, that's the player you can least afford to lose, right? Marlon Humphrey's that guy because you look at where their corner group, cornerback group is right now. Marcus Peters departed, and 
look, the Ravens could have brought him back. I mean, he, he, he was out there on the market until recently when he signed with Las Vegas. But they had felt that with him being the loud personality that he has been, and that can be a good thing at times, and that's a not-so-good thing at times, they felt may, perhaps you know, his skills were at a point where maybe that wouldn't be the best fit if he's not going to be an every-down player anymore. So they elected to move on. They signed Rocky Asim right after the draft. Uh, a guy who started for the Colts, started for the Raiders, but he's also had some nagging injuries. He's been out with a knee injury for a couple weeks now. He's supposed to be back very soon, but you look at the rest of their quarterback depth chart, it is unproven recent draft picks. It is a couple veteran special team journeyman types. Uh, their quarterback group is not in good shape right now whatsoever, and I would have told you uh, yesterday if we had had this conversation even before, because Humphrey practiced, he talked to the media yesterday. Apparently this is a lingering foot issue. I don't have any detail beyond that. But I would have told you yesterday they needed another corner. So really, in a perfect world, they might need two corners right now. But realistically speaking, who's out there? So it's it's unsettling for them right now at that position. And again, it's the early indications are he's not going to be out too long. But... You know, they play Cincinnati week two. Bill Grow and those wide receivers uh, going up against what this current group of cornerbacks looks like on paper. All I've got to say is I go back to what I said about the pass rush. They better be able to get after Burrow because uh, I just it, it's hard to like their chances too much uh, with this cornerback cor- group that they have right now that was clearly leaning on their all-pro at the top of the pecking order to, to you know, shut down one side of the field. Right now it's uh, a big question. Who's even going to be lining up, let alone if you're going to have a great deal of trust in them? Luke Jones, WNST.net, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. You mentioned Cincinnati in Week 2. Uh, can they push the Bengals in this AFC North division? I mean, I think they can. I mean, the reality is, I mean, they, they pushed them last year, even with Lamar Jackson having missed the last month of the season. I mean, we saw what happened in the wild card game, how the Ravens almost pulled that out of had it not been for Tyler Huntley fumbling at the goal line, who knows what happens the rest of that game. But, uh, I mean, they're going to be right there with them. And, and I think as talented and as great as Cincinnati is in certain areas, I think you do look at other areas of their roster where they have lost some players here, which is inevitable when some of your stars, you get to a point where you need to start paying them or you're getting to that point where you're close to paying them. So, you know, they have their deficiencies. The Ravens have there are elements of their roster that are great and then other elements of the roster that are questionable. So uh, I think it's just going to be as pivotal, and it sounds simplistic, that those two, two head-to-head matchups are just going to be so critical. That's why uh, this news about Humphrey, and you know they're saying right now he could be back for the start of the season, but I don't know about you guys, a foot issue for a corner, you got to be careful with that early in the year. You don't want to push him back too soon. So they don't have him for week two. That certainly uh, hurts the Ravens' chances, but in it, in a big-picture sense, uh, as it pertains to the rest of this division, I, I think the Ravens are right there with Cincinnati. You give the Bengals, I think you have to begrudgingly, if you're a Baltimore fan, give the Bengals the edge because they've been that team the last two years. But it's not as though the Ravens haven't been right there with them. And I expect it. And even going back to the passing game and what they're doing with Lamar and Todd Munkin and this offense, they probably do have a higher ceiling. At the same time, there is that unknown element that, you know, maybe your floor is a little bit lower as well. So we'll see how it plays out. But I expect them to give the Bengals uh, you know, everything they can handle before it's all said and done. Getting getting to the postseason, that hasn't been the problem for the Ravens. But, you know, for a while now, even before Lamar, winning games and advancing yeah. in the postseason has been an issue. 
What has to change in that area for them in the postseason to have success this year? Uh, I mean, I think it really, uh, and this is something we've talked about for years now. It, to me, it really is that passing game. And, I, and it's, again, not that he has to go out there and throw it 55 times, but I, I think when you just look at the reality of the landscape of the AFC with the quarterbacks and the offenses in this conference, I think you have to have an offense that has a higher ceiling than what they've had. And let's face it, their formula of running the ball, even at a historic uh, level, uh, like they did under Greg Roman a couple years ago, playing good defense uh, and you know play action, but a conservative passing attack, that's done extremely well for them in the regular season. But I think in the postseason, you have to be able to play at a higher level with your passing game. In this game, you know, in, in the modern NFL, I, I sincerely believe that. So I think that's really what uh, I think that's the last piece for them for Lamar Jackson in this passing game to take it to the next level. And you just said it, you know, regular season results, the Ravens have done that, but they have one playoff win since the 2000, you know, going back to the beginning of the 2015 season. So, you know, it's not just Lamar Jackson, it's really all the players in this era. Justin Tucker is the last player left from their Super Bowl 47 team uh, back in 2012. So uh, it's time for this group to step forward in January. And I do think having a higher ceiling on offense, uh, if they're going to break through, that's going to be a huge reason why, in my opinion. Luke, we always appreciate you taking some time for us, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you throughout the uh, season as it rolls along. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Take care, Bob and Kayla. Thank you. Once again, Luke Jones there, WNST.net. Always a wealth of information.